Hey there, welcome to June, the month of flags and fathers and pride. In honor of Pride Month, I'm going back through the archives and re-podcasting some of my favorite interviews and radio sketches. Earlier this month, we heard a modern fable from the burglars of Ham and an interview with voice actor and founder of Queervox, J.P. Karliak. To round out Pride Month, I want to share with you my son Vice, who along with his sister Ruby are major sources of pride for me. I sat down to chat with Vice two years ago. At that time, he was back at home because COVID-19 made attending university in Berkeley impossible. He went back to school in the fall of 2021, moved into a frat house, which may or may not have been a great idea. In early 2022, he moved in with his girlfriend, and last December, he graduated magna cum laude from UC Berkeley with a degree in sociology and a minor in Spanish. He's currently working at a law firm in Oakland, and we were lucky to have him home for Father's Day last weekend. If you listen to our podcast this month, you've heard some of the stories of my parenting him. But in his interview, you'll hear about some of the ways he helped me grow up too. As we're heading into Pride Month, um, you and I talked a little bit yesterday about how so often the stories of the LGBTQ plus community are stories of trauma. It's not trauma month, it's Pride Month. So can you talk a little bit about what pride means to you? Pride, I would say, I always think of like the founders of Pride, how it was a, it was a riot. It was known as the Stonewall Riots in 1969 was the first Pride Parade because it was these people who continually kept getting imprisoned and just beaten up by cops for the pure reason that they were gender nonconforming. And these people were trans women. They were trans women of color, specifically, who are the same people who are the most marginalized today as they were in the 1960s. But I feel like so much of that is also forgotten, that our pride is just saying, like, I'm going to be who I am despite what you do to me. I'm going to come back. I'm going to continue to be this way every single year on this day. This month, I'm just going to be who I am. And no matter how much I hate, hate I get, I know this is my truth and this is what I'm going to be. You have had a very interesting journey in your life coming to be who you are today. I'd love for you to talk about um, your journey uh, to becoming Vincent. Like with pride, I feel like a lot of it comes from a turbulent state, sort of of realizing you have to break a lot of social rules to be able to be any type of queer person I realized I had so much I had to unlearn. There was so much I was going to have to leave behind. There was so much I was going to have to reject. And a lot of people were going to be against me. And it was going to be really hard. But I was like, it's going to be worth it. Like, I know that this is going to be a really hard transition period. Like puberty, you know, it's the same. It's it's an emotional puberty. Do you feel comfortable talking about the fact that you're a trans male and that you were born a girl? I wouldn't say I was born a girl. I was a say I was assigned female at birth, which means that I was given basically a definition of gender from the moment I was born. As a kid, it's it's not really something you understand yet. You have like a role you're playing, like you know, of course gender roles. You have a role you're playing, but it's not you don't really identify with it yet. You don't understand how to identify with it yet. You don't have that sense of like 
of gender identity yet. You don't understand what it is you want yet. It's just kind of like, oh, it's this dress or this dress. It's Minnie Mouse or Ariel or Jasmine. Like, who do you want to be for Halloween? And then I would say Edward Scissorhands. And then mom's like, okay. You were a great Edward Scissorhands, that by the way. That was my favorite costume I think I've ever done. Props to Anne Kloss Farley Designs for that one because that was that was bomb. When did you know? Uh, when did that you your know? Identity didn't <laughs> conform with the roles you were being asked to play. Mm. Very early, I think I remember. I remember talking to one of my friends' moms, and I had just cut my hair super short. And I, I look, I turned around to her, and I was like, "Do you think I look like a boy?" And she was like, no, no, you don't. Don't worry about it. Like, you look so much like a girl. You're so pretty. Like, and I was like, well, what makes me look like a girl? And then she was like, well, you have a little bling on your shirt. And I was like, oh, never wear that shirt again. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I would say that's that was kind of a moment I looked back on and I was like, trans moment. And how old were you then? Eight. Yeah. Third grade. Right. That's when I started to really not conform and sort of make my own ideas and then very quickly learned that uh, people will not like those ideas and could hurt you for them. So um, back in the closet I went for a while. (laughs) So I denied it until I was like 15 or 16 again. I like to describe myself as non-binary, sort of genderqueer, with like a little like lean towards the masculine like my legal name is vincent i go by vice with friends and family um because i feel like it's it's more gender neutral and i enjoy that ambiguity a lot and i feel like a lot of my transition has actually been coming to terms with my own masculine and feminine energy in a way like rejecting both and coming to find my own like divine feminine and masculine energy that can live together. And I feel like I embody both at the same time. I understand the privilege of being male, and I really enjoy being masculine. That's probably my favorite state to be. It's my most comfortable. But also, like, I'll dye my hair purple. I love wearing makeup. I felt like I was more... It wasn't like I felt I knew I was more androgynous, and this wasn't me. It wasn't like my body wasn't me. It was my body... It just, it was something I felt dissociated from and something that I wanted to fix, you know? And I think that gets to identity versus expression. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the difference between gender identity and gender expression? Because that was a big one for me. That's what really shifted in my understanding of what you were going through. Gender expression is, I like to say, it's like, something you can take off when you come home. It's it's the clothes, makeup, it's it's the way you style your hair, the way you define your face and your body, the outside sort of stuff that you can wash off later. Um, like it's 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 like your little skin suit. But identity. Identity it's it's in the core of your being. Like it's I like to think of it like a meditation I got really into is I'm not my body, I'm not my mind. So it makes you think beyond like, okay, well, my body doesn't define me. So if my body doesn't define me, what gender am I? That's where identity lies. It's in, it's in the knowing part of yourself. The part that when you quiet, you just trust. What got me was the idea of identity, that 
those of us who are cisgender, we wake up in the morning and I feel before anything else happens that I'm waking up as a man in my bed in my home. And when I go and I take a shower and I hop out of the shower, I see a man's body in the mirror. But what if I jumped out of the shower and saw a woman's body? There's an identity, who you are and how that identity manifests itself. If it's not manifesting itself in your body, there's a disconnect that can lead to tragedy. So we were fortunate that when you expressed that you thought you felt like a boy, we took you to our pediatrician and, and you told him about that experience. And I want you to tell me what happened then. Um, well, I, I talked to him about how I was transgender and I identified as transgender and I wanted to transition from being perceived as female to being perceived as male. So um, I was like, how do I do that? And he was like, well, there's this program in Los Angeles at Children's Hospital. There's a trans youth program. And if you want to contact them, here's their website and like the director's email. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to just shoot her an email and see what happens. When I emailed uh, her, she said, come on in, we'll do an intake. If you want some therapy, we got you. I was like, okay. And she's like, oh, by the way, we also do group therapy every Wednesday for trans kids. And I was like, oh, okay. So I started going every Wednesday to just sort of meet other people like me and to see what was going on and see if I was really alone in this or like what I had to do, different tips and tricks, you know. So I went and through there I found Transforming Families. Basically, what they do is they host families uh, that have trans children in their family to uh, a center, and they divide them into basically parents, trans kids, and then siblings of trans kids. And they have counselors in each room, and they separately go through basically any sort of, like, anything they need to talk about and anything to help them understand what what is going on in this process they're going through. And... Um, I think that was a huge turning turning point. It really was transformative mm. for me too. Um, I was a little slow on the uptake, um, on understanding what it was that you were going through. Um, and we talked a lot about that. And I know I stumbled a lot during that time. When you have a 15-year-old who comes to you and says, hey, listen, my body doesn't feel right with who I am. Yeah. And trying to deal with that, um, because as I told you many times, there were a lot of things I was really sure about when I was 15, 16 that I don't really feel so sure about anymore. But they didn't have to do with my identity. Mm. It gets down to the identity level. It gets down to the core of who we are. And then there was no question that we needed to reduce the stress. We needed to reduce the trauma of what was going on between who you are and what your body looked like. 100%. And since then, I feel like I've been able to absolutely just explode with my expression of my gender identity. Like, I feel like once I was able to secure myself and be able to live with my body and myself in a way that I felt the most comfortable, like being able to just sit and love the way I looked is a blessing. So I think my biggest advice would be just... Find out who you are beyond your body and your mind and be that truest being. 
if you find out who you are beyond your body and your mind, you find who, your, who you are are beyond your conditioning and your programming, I think it's, it's something that will make people realize that there's more to identity than people think. What advice would you have for parents and family? I would say listen first and then take time to respond. Like always just take in what you heard and before you even say anything, just deal with that silence. <laughs> you know, let there be an awkward silence and just and just let them lead the way. Like as you said, like you're behind. When they come out to you, like you're already behind. It's like some of the professors said, here's a midterm. And you're like, what? And they're like, you've been in a class for 10 weeks. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, no, professor, you've been in the class for 10 weeks. I just showed up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that was something that we talked about, too, in the parents group was like yeah. the kids have decided. 100%. They know where they're at. And, the and that... they need to also be patient to let the parents catch up to their situation. And in the age of the Internet, I feel like information is so accessible so that kids really do have so much ability to research what it is they need to know about themselves. Like the biggest one of the biggest memes I've seen is like Googling the Am I Gay quiz on the Internet when we were 11. (laughs) Right. Because of that, I feel like it's good that Well, my advice for friends and family is really just to take a step back and know that they know best. They know themselves best. And just to. Let them lead the way and block out the haters. Well, I just can't thank you enough for spending some time talking about your experience with me here today. And I just want you to know uh, how proud I am to be your dad. Thanks. I love you very much. I'm proud to be your child. Happy Pride. Donate to a trans woman of color. We spend years teaching our kids and helping them grow up into adulthood. But if we're lucky, we also get to learn a few things along the way and maybe do some growing up too. I count myself supremely blessed that both of my kids have been good learners and patient teachers. I couldn't be more grateful or filled with pride. If you know a family with a transgender child, or if you have one yourself, you can contact Transforming Family for guidance and support for everyone in the household. You can find them online at transformingfamily.org. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, be sure to follow us and subscribe. The theme of our June podcast is Be Proud. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, it features stories, songs, and conversations, all intuitively designed to help you groove with the rhythm of the seasons.